for now, Billy, it's all you, man. Yeah, okay. Well, we haven't done ERA in four months, maybe longer. Uh, it has been maybe five. I don't know. <laughs> maybe even five. Yeah. Four months, maybe even five. It has been a long There's time. There's so many handouts. Where's my fucking character? Yeah, show? I'm getting my notes now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you guys, the last time uh, we saw each character, you guys had leveled up. You guys are all... Oh, um, fuck. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't Roadblock do that. one. Roadblock yeah, one. Level which up. is fine. So we are level six now. Or levels of different classes, but a yes. total level of six. Yeah. Total yes. level of six. You are level six. Maybe I did. Um, I'm pretty sure I told you guys that beforehand. You yeah, did. I feel like I, I remember think, that. I think I did familiar. it. Because I gave myself a magic item. Yeah. I remember that. I yeah, that was part of the process. Oh, yeah, you leveled up and I gave yourself like a magic I item. I do remember that. What magic um, item did I get? Yeah, so I'll just summarize kind of <clears throat> the adventure so far. So um, you guys started out um, looking for the notes taken by the old, um, uh, I guess he was the, the head of the university for like uh, planar studies. Um, he had you know, taking some notes with him uh, when he was, you know, let go uh, and fired and you went to his house to try to find him. Something bad had happened to the house. Um, <clears throat> he had died. A lot of people had died. Um, it just I would say something good happened. happened to the house because it's our house now. Yeah, now yeah. it's your house. Um, but you found the notes um, and then you brought him back to you know, to the, to the university, um, mission one passed. Uh, and then you were asked to uh, do your one day, one week, like rotational guard duty uh, in the caverns. Mm -hmm. There was an area of the caverns that they broke through into the, uh, the, the, the fake underdark. I called it like the black depths. The downstairs. Um, the downstairs, yeah. The, the black depths. And so they're, until they could figure out a permanent solution, they needed somebody basically on 24 hour watch uh, and it rotated between like the organizations in the city, and it was uh, the Adventurers Guild's turn, and you did that. Um, unfortunately, while you're down there, something else happened. Uh, some weird creatures, um, extra planner as well, um, <clears throat> um, came into the caves and uh, killed one of your pals uh, with a laser beam to the chest. More of an acquaintance, um, really. I liked him. Yes, more of an acquaintance. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, but you were able to hold off um, on the attack until uh, they were able to send reinforcements. Um, and then after that, it was determined that some weird planner stuff's going on. Uh, you've been asked by the leader of the town, which is the, a, a duke. It's a ducal system. Kick-ass duke. Yeah, kick-ass duke. Um, and they asked if you would go to the nearby duchy, um, which is called Granitos, you were in Harborton. They asked you to go to Granitos, kind of undercover, and figure out if they're also seeing some weird planar issues mm -hmm. because they haven't reported any, but, you know, it's kind of like the Dukes don't really talk to each other in that way. You know, they're kind of holding their heart cards close. Mm -hmm. more of a... Um, like a pre-9-11 intelligence agency? Exactly. They are They are all under the same umbrella of the kingdom of Trimblemore, but very they... Very specific reference. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, but they once again, like yeah, in for competition, they don't like to give out each other's secrets. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what you've been asked to do uh, under the guise of being uh, 
being sent on like a as a grain merchant guard but then when you get up there your your uh, job's gonna kind of fall through and then you're gonna be up there with nothing to do and then uh you know that's kind of the yeah um the cover that you have um and then you've also leveled up to level six uh and so that is kind of where you are right now you haven't left you're you're about to get on a boat to to go up the up the coast and then in through uh a very large fast moving river called the gouge uh, that connects the sea to the or the ocean to like the inland lake sea uh where granitos is um and and so i think it would be a a good idea right now mm-hmm. to uh <clears throat> i made this thing uh this mid campaign checkup that uh i don't know if we post i think we did oh, we did we did um, go through that in our interlude session yeah so I think maybe it's a good idea to go back over it. Go through it again. Um, yeah. yeah, go back over just because it's kind of questions yeah. that make you think about um, get back in the mindset of your character of what you, mm-hmm. you know, what your character's goals are, what he's feeling, all that other stuff. We don't have to go through all of them. Yeah, it's really the character one, which is the first five questions because uh, we went through all the other ones already. This um, is interesting because I do not remember anything about this character, so I <laughs> so need I need a refresher. Um, yeah, so I'm glad and we I can have remind like a, a you what tool. I know of, but I'm yeah. not going to you know tell you how I, I feel. But I'm I luckily yeah. found a, a Google Doc called Zyza Level Six Changes. So we're back in the game, baby. Hey, hey, see, that's why it's good. So I that's definitely why I take didn't notes. This is why you, you take leveled. notes, folks. Yeah, I definitely told you that you leveled up. Um, yes. Okay, so we just wanted to go through. Who wants to go first? Who wants to volunteer? Who remembers the most? I probably no, do because no, I go up. Okay. I, yeah, I, I would say it's. I edit all You're the, the one stuff. With notes. Yeah, yeah, I also have notes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Chris edits the, the podcast, so he's listening yeah. to them. Yeah, and he's also times. pretty, pretty the, pretty thought out. He's a good thought out character, well rounded. Um, so we'll go through and uh, for Lord Wizard Claws, um, have you have any change? Do you remember what your goal initial goals were when you started, and like have they changed? Um, kind of tell us about how you're feeling, uh, Lord Wizard Claws, and like his overall goals. Yeah, so his um, he's definitely trying to like establish himself in the world, and I think the quest so far he's like filling out Umarin and Sizel, and the dynamics there are a lot of fun. Um, so with his quest for like building Cathala, I think that's still his overarching goal. But I think he's also having a lot of fun just kind of like learning from and with Sizel and Umarin because this is his first time really being out of his bubble and um, just has this like curiosity of the world. So I think in that, in that case, like things are on track, Um, but it's nice when he has things that get in his way and kind of prevent him from doing what he wants to do, because that's something he has to like, he has to deal with that. He can't always get his way and he can't always, um, you know, he has to learn the rules and parameters of this broader world. Yeah. So um, for bonds, you we've seen a lot of interaction with him and some bonds forming um you know i'm not going to speak for you but from my perspective it looks like he's forming bonds with the characters but it's it's not really the bonds that you think of it's more of like a a master subservient or like a a bond that he would have with underlings yeah um and and he also has had some bond with like uh some some animals as well which kind of makes sense but uh you want to go more into like how his what kind of bonds he's had or with other characters he feels closest to yeah so it's it's interesting because like trying to put my mind in the perspective of a cat and cats definitely i feel like 
domesticate us in a lot of ways. So it's it's interesting to try and play that, but also like not make it feel like icky in game. And Mark and Eric, please let me know if like it ever gets to that point um, where it's like, yeah, he's trying to manipulate you guys to do stuff, but it's like silly stuff or, you know, um, maybe stuff you would have been doing anyways. And he just wants to feel like he's done that more or less, but just trying to play that without being like overbearing to the, to the team or to the, to the other characters. But um, he definitely does have that sort of like, Oh yeah. I'd like, obviously I'm the one in charge and you are my caretakers. And that's like how cats kind of view the world. Um, so it's fun to explore that. But again, like trying to very much balance the agency of other, of the other players too. Yeah. We, we also saw a little bit of his, um, his bonds with, uh, with some of his previous life uh, in the interlude with, uh, you know, uh, there were some issues with, uh, with the, um, with the university, which is, you know, they had some bonds with uh, his old owner, master, whoever you wanted to, to uh, TVR, um, Albus TVR, right? Mm -hmm. I may say that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so you saw a little bit of that. And then also there was, it seemed to be um, some, some, uh, a uh, like a, a message from Fistandia, who we really haven't gotten to be introduced to. It's a little bit of a mysterious character. I'm interested to see where this goes from and mm -hmm. who she is, uh, but almost like a, a message from him, like, you know, some things are going on. Don't trust exactly what's going on, because it did seem like Fistandia and the university are at, at odds on yeah. something. And he definitely uh, has like mistrust, especially towards like male human wizards because mm -hmm. of his um, some of the incidents that happened in his past. So he definitely is a little more skittish about that. For sure. Um, so we've also seen him um, kind of his, his main flaws are the ones you'd expect from like everybody is a fish out of water. We have three fish out of water characters kind of, but. Oh, yeah. no fish out of water. I on purpose made him a fixture yeah. of this city. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. very much. A every fish other man. character I ever make is like it's fish, fish out of water. Out of oh yeah, we, we keep know, leaving the city because we don't. Well, yeah, but we don't know like when you make a character for a new campaign, you don't yeah. know much about the campaign, so you're like, I'm new to town. Like, yeah, but you like, also. I'm, fr I'm from a little sect you've never heard of. <laughs> you also made him, you know, kind of a sub species that yeah. in this city yeah. not That's... looked favorably upon mm -hmm. by the upper class. Yeah, I shouldn't say fish out of water. Everybody's kind of like, a, I should say, an outsider. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Either yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. not, not quite outsiders. a fish out of water, but an outs but but uh, Lord Wizard Claus actually is like a, a fish out of water as in, and his flaws are a lot of, you know, he's, he's a little bit arrogant. Um, he's a little bit um, out of, like, he doesn't see the world as it, as I would say as humans are, I don't want to say he doesn't see the world as it is because, you know, it's all perspective, but his perspective is just so vastly different than most cared, you know, most humans, elves, dwarves, any other character, you know, his perspective is so different, which is, I would say it's a good, um, it, it's a really cool thing, but it also can be a flaw, which I think is fun just because it's harder for him to make those connections with people just because he sees things so differently than others. Do you have any, any other uh, things to add about like how you've seen uh, his flaws evolve or change or have you as any flaw that you really think is really cool and you want to dig down into it? I'm actually working on that. I, I did just create like a D and D 
backstory template that its purpose is to kind of make those flaws, like ideals, bonds, traits actionable in game. Um, so it's like, oh yeah, my character's bossy, but like, how does that manifest itself specifically? Um, so I'm, I don't have a direct answer for that, but like trying to figure out ways to make those flaws more actionable, whether they're like impulse, like cats can be like curious. So like maybe overly investigating stuff to the point where he puts himself into a pickle, you know, that could be an example, but I'll just, yeah. I'll leave it at that. I, I think that's fun. I think that's something to, to add on. We always talk about how like, um, flaws are make interesting characters. They really um, do. Yeah. And and trying to, you know, it's not just something to put and throw away on your character sheet when you first make it. And I really love that everybody's really diving in headfirst in your flaws. And, you know, I'll, you know, I'm the, I can control the game. So never feel that like, if, if you're diving in so headfirst in the game that you think that, you know, you're making it a detriment, I'll find ways to reward you. I, I reward you for punishment, punishing yourself. Yeah. I don't like punishing you. I like you punishing yourself. And I find ways to reward. Is what I try to do, but I'm not doing it. Let me know. Well, you can um, never run for office because of that soundbite. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Exactly. I'm, a, a, I'm glad sure. I was recording. Yes, yeah. exactly. I will punish you. Punish you. Um, you so, will punish yeah. yourself. You won't even realize it. And then with this, like, with the current way that the this campaign is going, like the direction, I know that he's very he's very curious. Is he excited specifically about five? about like digging down into this mystery or does he just really want to go explore the world or does he just fun to go out and do things like he just what is his like his uh his thoughts about going forward yeah i think he's definitely vibrating with energy to realize his dream but he's also like he likes being useful um he likes being like recognized and valued um because a lot of times it's like oh it's a cat um so i think sometimes when he is um like oh you're like you're contributing value to this. Like it for him, it's like validation. So like going on these missions, yeah, doing these things, like he does take um, some fulfillment in that, that he's like, yeah, being useful. Yeah. And that's a, a good thing for me to know because that's gives me a lot more options of uh, in-game character reward, you know, that doesn't have to be a, a new magic cloak or a, a new spell he found, but just, yeah. but know, if like knowing that, he, yeah, if he was given like, recognition or prestige like yeah. to become an equal to like a human in terms of like stature in the world like that mm -hmm. would be a, a pretty fulfilling goal for him to achieve yeah i mean i can imagine that most things you know underestimate him at the beginning because he's more of a, a novelty like oh look it's a talking cat who does a little bit of magic isn't that cute um but like to show that he's actually on par with other wizards and uh is deserves you know not just respect uh, or not just like you know, fame, but like fame based on his accomplishments, not just because of his uniqueness. So I think that's a good uh, angle or a good thing for me to know going forward. And I, I uh, yeah, that's, I put that in my notes. Um, cool. I think there's anything else you wanted to say about uh, Lord Wizard Claws? No, I think the last thing is just like, I th he really likes, um, I th and I think it's fun relying on Umarin and Zizel as like checks in the world, like being able to like, Zizel, what's this? And like having a conversation with Zizel about something that he wants to understand more about, like those are fun, just like role playing opportunities. Um, so I like, like having those with with the guys. For sure. Uh, all right. Does anybody want to go volunteer to go next? I can go next. All right. So, oh, character sheet. 
Yeah, so Zizel, I I do like it that uh yeah it's, it's it is a little bit weird that Zizel knows a lot more than uh your than you know. Usually it's the yeah. other way around. Right. Is that like you're metagaming because you know more than your character does. But in this instance, like you know, yeah. like so many times you're like, would Zizel know this? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Zizel would know this. <laughs> and there's like, a there's a hard thing that like in role playing games in general, like when you when you role play somebody smarter than you or like if my intelligence were a 20, my human intelligence is not a 20. So like you have to ask the DM that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's easy to role play somebody like stronger than you. Cause you just roll the dice and like, do they move the door? Yes. Um, but role playing those things that are more like in like on the bottom three intelligence, wisdom, charisma. Um, it's a lot harder. <laughs> it, it's just, it not necessarily harder. It's just different. Um, and you have to interact with it in different ways. Um, so yeah, Zizel knows like he's born and raised in in this city, so he will he will know a lot about the areas he's touched. And there's going to be other areas like he's not. He has no clue. You know, like I don't know. I never go over there. Uh, so trying to figure out with you ahead of time, or even like in in media, like yeah, does he know this? <laughs> would he know that? And then on the fly, have to be, you say yeah, he would know that. And be like oh yeah, I know that. Like you just have to switch back and forth really quick. Um, that's, that's fun. That is really interesting. Yeah. It's, it is a, I mean, it's not just difficult for you. It's difficult for, you know, the GM needs to realize when your yeah. characters, when you, you know, when your PCs is, has high intelligence that you can't just wait for the players to make that connection. Mm-hmm. Because like, if there's something, there's like two things they are like, this these are connected. A smart character would know that then you yeah. have to, you know, tell them or roll those hey just like hey everybody roll an insight check rolling is something like oh i think you see that these are connected somehow because your characters may just you know fly especially if you you have you know um characters that aren't really good you know everybody in real life is good at making connections and mm-hmm. or or not that good at making connections you have a character that's you know that is not really good about seeing those fine details or a player, I should say. Yeah. Uh, but her character is, and you really, as a GM need to like take the step and be like, all right, I need, I'm not waiting for him to do it because you know, if, <clears throat> if you have a character that's, you know, you know, uh, a level 20 or, you know, intelligence of 20, then you're, he's not getting the benefits of that. If you're just relying on yeah the player to, to make all those connections. Um, Sorry, my phone is going. I was like, who is playing a xylophone in the back? <laughs> All right, I'm putting this on this one. Ape shit. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll kind of go through the same question uh, questions before, mm-hmm. like the same checkup. So like your goals before. Okay. Um, his goals were remind it, me. Yeah, like I, it, his goals weren't as like clear cut as like yeah. Lord Wizard Claus. Like Lord Wizard Claus has like a goal which is an actual thing, and you know yeah, Zizel wants to pay rent. Yeah, <laughs> that, and that's the other thing. Like in his design. I I wanted to like buck trends as often as possible. Like he doesn't necessarily have a tragic backstory. Like he doesn't, he's not like looking for glory or for like redemption or like anything like that. Like he's trying to get by (laughs) and, and as like kind of stumbled into like, okay, I'm good at this thing. I can make money doing that. Like that'll be a fine job for a while. And maybe I'll do something different. Um, so it, it it is a I don't know I I really wanted to like try to hone like a, a working uh, like underclass with him and mm-hmm. and like dealing with 
I mean, I, I've, you know, growing up kind of had this in myself too. Like I never saw much for myself as a kid because I didn't have like role models around me that were like doing great things, you know? So it's not like, oh, I want to be a doctor because my uncle's a doctor. You know what? Like you, if you don't see people being successful, you don't feel like success is attainable for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's part of him. Like to, he, he's not looking like, I want to kill the biggest dragon and be the a Lord of the, of the realm because like no one does that so why would he think that that's possible so Um, it's not like those types of thoughts don't even enter his head yeah and that so that's like i want to potentially or maybe eventually be part of his growth of like oh okay other things like greatness is possible and i and i can achieve it if i push you know or whatever um but yeah in the beginning he's just like i'll take this job for money because i need rent this week Especially after being kind of not, not just looked down upon for his like uh, his heritage and his race, mm-hmm. um, but also like having a somebody in position of power that is actively trying to you know hold him down. In, in yeah, essence. like he has a Flower somebody field. has a grudge against him with a person. Yeah, in yeah in power, which yeah. is not you know it's hard. Now, you know, it's hard any time for somebody that if you, you know, anger somebody of power, they're going to be able to to hold you down. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of interesting to to see, like, with his, you know, how his goals change now, his like, um, like, you know, is, is that like as he is able to, you know, get around or ignore or evade this, you know, powerful nobles, mm-hmm. um, you know, actions against him, does that like increase his like self-worth he's like hey you know like i am i'm holding my own against this guy position of power like yeah you know is that something that i don't know yeah i think i think we may be getting to his character like a little turn in it um because yeah most of the time he's just been you know he'll he'll avoid and try to run or or talk his way out of situations and evade and not necessarily like stand up to power um, and this is again, part of why, like, I, I wanted him to have like a powerful built-in adversary is, is for that, like that struggle, struggle of like the powerful versus the like, uh, disenfranchised or powerless. Um, because again, like you, you have no, what's the word? Not like examples you have no examples of people of your stature standing up and winning against people of their stature so like why would you attempt it um so like slowly learning and becoming more powerful himself like his his attitude toward that situation might change and to be honest i don't know how he may (laughs) like might get darker he may realize he's like better a better man and like you know i i don't know yeah i mean the his shift in this interlude we heard him making a deal with this unknown you know we don't want to call him like a crime boss a a member of this shady character shady organization um that he you know named derek that he is you know he's kind of reached out to um because he thinks that I don't know why he reached out to yeah. him like Derek is Derek is promising these things or saying he can help him with these other things. You know, that's, and I, I guess they seem, um, it's, it seems the, the agreement seems beneficial or else Zizal probably wouldn't have done it. So yeah. 
I'm, I'm interested to see how that changes his character. Um, yeah. Because, and that, yeah. so this is, this is another thing that like, a, I don't know what the word for it is, but I guess like a mechanic that I've been interested in doing for a while, which is um, like tracing a character's personality arc through level, like multi-classing levels. So like, mm -hmm. um, if you start as like a paladin and, and and this is the one that I think people would do and, and there actually are rules for it. Um, and you're like a noble, like I'm a hero kind of thing. And then like some shit happens to you and you lose faith. Like there are mechanics in the paladin class to do that. Like you, you were, what are they called? Like a, I don't know. Like yeah. Oathbreaker. Oathbreaker yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I think that's really cool. And like, you have different, now your abilities are different and you can kind of trace like their their mental state through it and like do you redeem this person and come back as like a cleric or a, a paladin again or you know whatever or a monk like well, how do they react to this this um these events mechanically at, on top of you know the the role playing that we will do uh so that's something that i've wanted to explore for a long time and specifically like wanted to with this character um so yeah he I found my notes for when he switched to level six. Um, like I said, like sought out this shady character, basically asked for help because he didn't feel like he was contributing enough in like the physical aspects of our job now um, mm -hmm. because Zon died. Um, and he it's like Zizel was six feet away from him when it, when it happened. Zon did not die. Zon, that beautiful, that Cal. Zon, beautiful warrior. Who is just the, he is Steve Zon. Yeah, I thought Zon died. I wrote no, Zon on was, here. It was Cal. Cal. Okay, well then never mind. He never cared about about Cal. He switches back. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Cal was he like leveled. the little, like, yeah. he was the the little like. Yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't that. Over yeah. And he got kid. lasered through the chest, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry I remember that. Um, so anyway, he saw one of his comrades die, whoever it may be. <laughs> long, long may live their name. Um, and it's like, oh, I like this is real deal stuff. Like this isn't we're not playing with like ghosts and doing little hunts anymore. Like, yeah. so he he sought out and is like, hey, I, I need help. I need training. What is it going to take? And, you know, to, to make me more effective so that I or my comrades don't die. Um, so I, I like this was a catalyst for him to to get more serious in the in his like work, which he's never been before. Uh, no matter what he's done, like a fish hand, you know, a deckhand, like a, a bartender, he's always been, you know, ah, this isn't this is no big deal, whatever. Like I'll joke around, I'll take it easy, I'll do the least amount of work in order to get to the end, and then I'll bounce and do something else. Um, so I, yeah, I want to explore how how this is affecting him both mechanically and role play wise yeah and and with that have you like you're like so you formed some bonds obviously with these characters you had a little bit of a bond with zon and you know minor one with cal you know just because he was like an acquaintance for a while and mm -hmm. uh what i forget what the the human wizard female who you guys were serving the estelle yeah, i don't remember something uh, like that I don't remember. I should, but it's been five <laughs> it's been months. Four, if not five months. Yeah, I have to go through my notes. Um, I mean, she's a named character, so I should be able to find her. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's see if I have 
just the name on one of my, these folders. Oh, great. This is going to go great. Um, does not say Esther. Her name was Esther, not okay, Estelle. Cool. Yeah. So like you, you know, you have those bonds, you, mm -hmm. you know, you, um, really, we haven't really met a lot of people outside of the party of his backstory. You know, you, we've met a little bit of like the bounce. So he performed at the chip Pearl. Pete yeah. was like the orc bouncer and he kind of yep. has like a interaction with him, but beside, and then we have, of course, Tildor Flowerfield, the guy who hates him. Like yeah. besides those characters, we don't really have a, a lot of characters from pre like from the area we, uh, or the time before we knew yeah. as the players before we knew him. And so like, is that by design? Is that, yeah. Flashed out? I, I think it will. Um, yeah. So he, like I envisioned, I based part of this, this character, at least on Lenny Bruce. Um, our, and to take a caveat to that, Lenny Bruce specifically on Marvelous Miss Maisel. Um, mm -hmm. I've watched, I've like done, I knew about Lenny Bruce and like, I probably heard a bit or two of his, but I really like the character in Marvelous Miss Maisel. He's like a mysterious, like he kind of, he's in jail and like she's in jail and he's like, oh, first time kind of thing. And then like, the, he like floats through this underworld as like kind of like, shady but people like him because he's funny but he also owes everybody money but they're like ah you know that's just him like so there is this kind of like he's not super close to everybody but everybody's like oh yeah that's Lizel. like he's harmless yeah he owes me five bucks but like he's a funny guy he'll be good for it or i'll beat him up and he'll give it to me you know like that's how the world works there's just a different set of rules um so i don't think he is ex especially close to anybody in his like previous life um and I think that that's a lot of times that's by design. Like you, in that world, you just, you don't get close to people because the distance kind of helps you glide. Um, and that's, again, that was his, his MO is like doing the least amount of work as possible to get through and, and just kind of gliding through. So I feel like he, he's, he has a lot of acquaintances um, and, and really not any close friends. So being in this group, it's probably the first time that he's like cared about other people, whether or not they live or, or, you know, succeed. Um, and then talking with Derek, I think is going to affect him in, in similar ways, but I don't know how it's going to work out, but like, I think it might be like a flip side kind of like similar ways, but with a darker tone. I think that's, it's interesting. Yeah. I, um, I mean, that that really bounces off of like his like his flaws as being kind of a smart ass. Mm -hmm. He's really abrasive. Um, so like, you know, he's very quick to to get people to to hate him. Yeah. Um, off the, if you take if you take it the wrong way, you know, he's he's only for like select few. It's very much. Yeah. Like a Lenny Bruce, like, you know, you add the average person who listens to Lenny Bruce. Can be like, what the fuck is like this guy's an asshole. Yeah. Um, but like the people that like him like you know he's very yeah um and again i polarizing. think i think that flaw it's another like like survival tactic in the world that mm -hmm. he grew up in like you've gotta mm -hmm. you know you've got to be tough and he's not tough he's a little guy so you've got to be tough with your words you've got to be quick-witted um and be able to like stand up to to like bigger physical people with, with a quick jab and hope that 
if that jab hurts him, it makes everybody else laugh. So at least they'll protect you if he comes in swinging. Um, and it's just that kind of like you, you give as good as you get world um, that that breeds these kind of, you know, like construction site jab back and forth. You know, you're, you're in the back and you're just making fun. of, And it's like mean, but not mean spirited. But if you are outside of that world, you don't get the spirited part. You just it just sounds mean. Yeah. And you I mean, he doesn't. Like a lot of it, like he doesn't have like the clear cut, like easy to distinguish flaws because a lot of his flaws seen other ways can be like beneficial. And it's very much similar to like, um, to Lord Wizard Claws in that, like, you can say that his like his timidness and his like preference mm -hmm. for self preservation, like, is that a flaw? It's not really a flaw because it helps him. It yeah. can be a flaw for storytelling purposes, but like, you know, because everything's not like just this is a clear cut flaw, it's bad. Like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. because. Yeah, self-preservation is a natural and very like highly oh, yeah. tuned thing, but like in different situations, it could end up being a flaw. And the same thing for like that like standoffish, like keeping a distance, like that's a self-preservation thing, but it also could be a flaw to where it's harder to make those bonds. So I think that that's like yeah. that's the way that flaws make things fun is because a, a flaw is not always you know, yeah, what is all 100% of the time a negative thing. Yeah. Well, yes. When they come and, in contrast, like, or in contradiction mm -hmm. to your other values, that's when they're mm -hmm. really juicy. It's like, oh man, exactly. he wants to run away, but he's also feels like he needs to stay and help because yeah. he's, yeah. you know. So you want that, yeah, you want that conflict. The hard part is like acting that out in like in the thick of it. Like I've oftentimes will forget like, oh yeah, my flaw is I'm, I, I don't want to fight. I want to run away when I'm like, I cast fireball. <laughs> you know what? I, mm -hmm. Like you're, you're heated up and you want to play and you're like, shit, he wouldn't, I don't know if he would do this. Um, so I, I try with flaws to have like relatively easy in game, like mechanic, like, okay. If, if I am like, what, what does this flaw actually like, because like you said, Bill, a lot of times they could be like, oh, this is actually good for me. Um, so like, what does it actually cause me? Not necessarily damage, but that's the best word I can think of in game. Like, how is this flaw going to harm my progression in some way? Because uh, like as, like if you, is it going to sound super dorky? But if you like study storytelling, like for movies specifically, like a lot of times the main character is going to have a flaw. And in order to like succeed, they have to overcome that flaw in order to like beat the bad guy, whatever it is. So like, that's, I always try to think of that, like what flaw does he have to overcome in order to be successful? And he may have to overcome that flaw constantly because we, we all do. Um, like we all have flaws that like you don't overcome at once and you're a changed person. And now I never procrastinate. Um, you've got to constantly overcome it. Um, so I try to think of it in, in those ways and, I don't know if I was necessarily successful with Sizel because mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm playing his his flaws. Well, I I think a part of that also could be like self preservation really only kicks in when you feel like endangered and like mm -hmm. in in essence you really only felt in all of our time you've done really well in all of the combats like you guys yeah. are very combat oriented uh, you all have skills that match very well but like you have a you know the lasered scorpion that could one shot a character is like the first time that you had yeah. 
a like an actual like oh shit like this thing's like you know i may not make it out of this like you know if, if you're on if you're just rolling over things like yeah you don't yeah, have yeah. that self-preservation and i think that that's going to be interesting is as things go on obviously the the difficulty of the combat is going to go up because you know not only are you guys leveling up but the the characters and the the enemies that you're fighting are going to just to make things more interesting. Yeah. And so like if things start going and you're like, Oh man, this is not like, you know, this is turned a corner and it's not looking good for the party. Like when everybody else is like, Oh, I'm going to buck up. I'm going to do this. Like his eyes, I was like, I'm going to take a couple steps. Yeah. Back. Like <laughs> well, and be prepared to like, I have, I've, I've surveyed my escape routes. For yeah. Me. Yeah. Like, but as, as like a, a point, I, I think that that's, I agree with that. And I think that that's going to be fun to to play through. But as a point of order of like a cautionary tale of like, when you write your flaws, you have to remember to play them in the game. During that laser scorpion fight, I forgot to use nimble escape. Forgot that I had it. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. um, and that definitely would have been something that he's like, oh, disengage and hide. Yeah. Like, let me get out of here. Uh, instead, I like, mixed it up i got close because i'm like i'm not hitting with this i need to hit it with my rapier or like and that's yeah. so those are the types of things that I, I try to make mechanic like mechanics that mimic or or um like mirror my flaws and bonds and stuff like that but you got to remember to do it in game it's hard <laughs> absolutely it's hard among, among all the other things you have to remember to do yes yeah, right yeah, and you don't want to be like, right, what eyes? You know, I don't want to like second guess like you playing your own character. Like, what size I'll do that? Yeah. Like, I'll just like, you know, I'm gonna try to, and I think everybody else to be like, ooh, bold move, like right? things like that. Then be like, oh wait, it, it is that a bold move? Like, yeah, I or think is that maybe this that's playing and not yeah. sizable playing? Yeah. yeah, that's like it's maybe it's a good thing though because you can forget we're all human to be like, and I've done things where I've done a character. I'm like, oh man, the character wouldn't have done that, but like, yeah. it's a really cool thing to do. And I'm like, but there's no way you would have done that. Yeah, uh, but I'm doing it anyway because I want to do something cool and so yeah and I, it's I also it's one of those like that specifically like i don't want to not i don't want to like skip around a combat and leave the other guys out to dry because like i made a guy who's a coward like that's also so the, there's a fine yeah. line between you know like chris said like agency earlier and like i don't want them to have to do all the heavy lifting because because now i'm overcorrecting and role playing to where he's like oh i don't want to fight like mm-hmm. so i don't know it, it's it's again a fine line and like Every situation is you have to start back at zero and figure it out again. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a lot of things are complicated, and those kind of decisions can not only lead to like intercharacter conflicts, but also mm-hmm. intertable conflicts. Like you know, yeah. if if you oh my character's gonna hide, you're like you just leave my character to die. Like that yeah, yeah, lead yeah. to those type of things where like you know because we have ownership of our characters as much as we like to say like oh I want to say a good story. Ultimately, we want our characters to succeed and yeah. live. Yeah, and so like. You know, you know, like, oh man, my character died, but it was a really good story. Like, that's awesome if we can yep, do I'll that. I'll take it. Yeah. You know, and most people, and luckily, I think all of us could do that. But like, your average player, when they're early on and they're wanting to play a game, they see like their character death as a failure on their part and not like as a cool story aspect. So, yeah. It, it's, it's, it is like balancing those things. Of, like, do I, I want my character to do this, but it is leaving a mind dry. Like, I know I'm guilty of that. Like, when you know charging in for head first because my character would do that and fucking my car- characters and stuff like that like you know it is it's a fine line that yeah you, yeah it, it and it i think we've been doing it pretty good but i'm interested to see how you um how you deal with that especially when you have you know you can always have character issues when you have no 
player issues. You can always say like, oh, I oh, love yeah. what you're doing, but my character thought you were an asshole. <laughs> and like, it's and easy to fun. have character issues when there's no stakes. Yeah. So like, that, so that's maybe also part of it. Like I can, when we're, I don't know, if I know we're going to win, I could cower back. But if like, I need to get this much damage or we might not be like, yeah. then there's real stakes. Not that that's what I was thinking of, but it is, here's another like, like layer to the onion you need to think about like it's easy to have conflict between the group when there's no stakes and when there is stakes y'all gotta fucking fight this laser scorpion (laughs) yeah after the stakes are done then you have your argument yeah then you fight then you have your arguments speaking of leaving the characters high and dry let's get to our frontline fighter uh and not really but like you are kind of um you don't have that self preservation as you've seen your character can do dish out a lot of damage with some monk stuff but like you are up there in the front and you are the one who's going to be the one getting hit and you don't have the same you know you have a little bit more of a noble a noble cause and a noble following which is interesting because not everybody has it so it's, it's it, i'm i'm fun or i'm excited to see how that how that goes forward when you have like you know you are passionate about something that you're a little bit more selfless um with uh with umran um but uh yeah i, I want to see like what so far your goals have been from what i see is you know you, you're you're really wanting to you know you you felt you have not quite a tragic backstory but an unhappy backstory where where things happened um in your old you know um dwarven you know you have a history with the dwarves and you try to do good it, things didn't actually work out as good, even though, you know, best of intentions. Um, and you're almost on, I wouldn't say like a pure redemption, but it's almost on like a, uh, you feel that you need to redeem yourself. You're not, not a lot of other people feel like you need to redeem yourself, but you have like this redemption, redemption arc slightly. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and that will put you at odds with like a self-preservation character that doesn't have that redemption arc. Like, uh, so it's very interesting. How, how do you feel that you're, characters after seeing all this like weird shit going on and you know planar issues that could be a you know that it could be a dangerous situation for the entire you know world maybe you don't know or at least maybe the city or the region like does your like have your goals expanded because you're like oh more people are in danger or you still you know kind of laser focused on like the dwarves and the people that you were trying to help beforehand. Like, are you just concerned about them still or has your concern expanded to others? Interested to hear. I think his concern kind of meanders because he's a kind of an in the moment type of person. So, um, you know, being in a particular place, you know, he's worried about the people around him kind of inherently and on like a personality level. Cause that's part of the reason he, you know, didn't want to stay where he was in his younger years. Um, Cause he just thought he could do better than his family had. Um, so then, you know, his ultimate goal is to kind of, yeah, it's more for himself. Like he wants to go back to, kind of pay pay off a debt of the dwarves who you know took him in and let him live with them and it turned out that he kind of became a 
target because he had what people needed. Um, so he feels badly that people kept trying to attack them, you know, over and over again. And ultimately they basically asked him, you know, to leave, to try to take the problem away. Um, but it wasn't like he was being outcast. You know what I mean? It was kind of like they accepted him. He was able to get in and become like a true believer in mithril spine. But that's kind of part, he sees that as part of his duty and his first kind of act of contrition as a monk and sacrifice was to leave this new place. Like he finally was like, Oh, I left my family and these people are super cool, found family. And then they're like, well, actually this is a lot. Can you, you know, take your adventures on down the road to try to save us? Cause they are secretive people. Um, and, a, and small in numbers. So he's used to that on the other hand, you know, so like being in a party, he's like, okay, we are, you know, a small group of people. I know how to work together with them. I care and understand that that unit needs to, you know, be healthy and protected. So he's able to kind of easily transpose his personality into the adventuring world, but ultimately has that draw to go back to, you know, the place where he first studied and learned about his religion. Yeah. So we had a little bit of um, of a realization in um, in the interlude that may affect a lot of your characters, especially those bonds. Is you know you you have that that bond with those dwarves. You know every dwarf we've come across, whether the innkeeper or the you know the couple um, or this old lady that you talk to. You know you've immediately had this close connection because you've lived with dwarves. You you feel yourself like part of that community, even though you're human. Um, but then after talking to these, you know, um, this, um, I want to say this dwarf, I forget what his name is, um, Hathroth Strongarm, um, and him telling you a little bit about how the, the dwarven community as a whole kind of sees the followers of um, Mithril Spine as like, not quite a, like a sector, not quite a cult, you know, because they all believe in Mithril Spine, you know, it's not like they're believing in a weird God, but, you know, a lot of them, are upset with Mithril Spine because they blame him on like the lack of actual Mithril. Like, you know, Mithril has kind of disappeared. We don't know where Mithril is or we're not finding those veins anymore. And, you know, as the patron God of that element, um, you know, some people hold it against him. Um, and, you know, he's kind of dropped out of normal favor and worship with the normal dwarves. So, you know, it, do you feel any like, does that change your 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 bond with dwarves? Like, are you are you now like a closer bond with the mithril spine dwarves, and you're kind of like separating yourself from the outside dwarves? Like, well, if they think we're weird, well, I think they're weird. Or how does that you know what does that do to you? Like this this bond do you have with you know with all dwarves that you had before you found this out? Yeah, I think like he kind of fell in with the sect right off the bat, so he probably sees himself as more one of them than just like larger dwarf culture. And because they're not also kind of obsessed with the, with Mithril spine spine and his, you know, teachings of kind of being stalwart and especially good in battle and things like that. Um, you know, 
a blacksmith doesn't need that maybe in this it's not as rough a tumble world as the world of the gods um he might not see the need for that um but yeah so i guess they're kind of he doesn't think everyone will be accepting of him by any means because it was just that kind of group that was like hey man you're one of us but he does recognize that it was like kind of a small group so he's not gonna expect to go into like a major dwarven city and ha and be accepted as anything other than like a human might be treated normally you know but um he does think that he knows enough and has kind of enough true knowledge and clout that if he found you know like traveling mithril spine followers they would be like oh you really are one and you have the official you know iconography that shows that and stuff so he's like confident in that small group i guess yeah that's it's interesting to know hopefully you'll run across more uh dwarves in that sect um but yeah he kind of i think from that last interlude section um i didn't entirely have it down but i think we pretty much got it down where his response is that like it's a two-way road respecting the gods gives you bounty and there are people who think i guess maybe he might see other people as feeling like almost entitled yeah like well you sure. can't be you can't be an atheist and then say you know and then blame god for your problems like if you don't think there's enough mithril that's probably because you're sitting around talking about how mithril spine has betrayed you like why would he give you his like why do you get entry into some sort of kingdom when you don't believe in it yeah that's like it, like that entitlement that classic are, religious yeah. trap you know like yeah. well you don't get it you don't get it because you don't get it yeah welcome to religion yeah like do you yeah does he is he naturally worthy of worship based on his godhood and then he rewards you based on that worship or does he deserve worship only based on the good deeds that he does to his followers like that mm -hmm. is definitely like the chicken and the egg type of thing like that is religion in a nutshell, and I'm not going to yeah. start getting into that. Um, we don't. And I think that's totally wrought out by you know the um, Hathro. Mm -hmm. They have you know a bit of a connection. I think Amrin's totally respects that people have different religions and everything. It doesn't bother him, um, but he believes in his own stuff. And look what happened. He got some mithril from someone who didn't believe. He's like, I don't think there's you know, he's taking it from us. This isn't great. This doesn't have much value to me. And then he gave it to someone who it does have tons of value to at least, you know, ceremoniously. So I think in his mind, he's kind of like, see, mm -hmm. I got, yeah. I got a vein of mithril because I think, you know, I've been doing it right. So it's yes. kind of, that, he sees things as a positive feedback loop a lot. I think for himself that because he has to reinforce, he doesn't have a church or anything to go to on the regular. So he just kind of has to be like, oh, I, I know enough that I can lead myself down this path. Would, would that be one of his flaws? Like we, we, his, like, it's kind of funny that you know, like his selflessness and his like self willingness to do self-sacrifice, throw himself out, you know, uh, do these things. I also consider a flaw, even though it is you know, like, oh, well, if you try to protect yourself, that's a flaw. If you run head first, that's a flaw. Like, yeah, they're, it's all about how you do it. Like, and so I think that 
having also that like um that confirmation bias you know religious content like oh yeah like look i got mithril so my my uh, worship of mithril spine was rewarded like you know i'm, I'm confirming my worship of mithril spine because of this and like kind of that to you is more important than all the things that Hathro said. Like Hathro said all these concerns about him and he's just like, well, I know you said that, but I got Mithril. So yeah, he's like, it's that's totally true. And I respect that you see it that way, but kind of thing, you know, but yeah. it's like that internal knowledge of being like, you know, just super religious. Like, yeah. Oh, I've got it figured out. So like, I totally, oh, I, I get it. Hathro, but like, yeah, yeah. we, and we I think usually... that's, Sorry. I've been trying, I kind of built that in from his flaws because the flaw I um, got from like the official table was once I pick a goal, I become obsessed and with it to the de detriment of everything else in my life. Mm -hmm. I was looking at that as kind of like almost his life in general. Like he has chosen to follow a God who's like, you know, it would be cool if you fucking died in battle, dude. And he's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so like he's, willing to help out a bunch of people in a village who are just like poor and being attacked by orcs if he's walking by but part of it is because he's like god's gonna love this he's like he's like a uh, he's like a zealot on the down low like he's a secret zealot like you don't when you think of zealot yeah. you don't think of that type of guy but he like his beliefs are can be a hundred percent zealotry and that's like why all the other dwarves are like you guys should come above the ground every once in a while like you should come yeah. to the surface once every 10 years or something because they're a little wary of it like you can go that could be a deep rabbit hole to fall down for a dwarf mm -hmm. to get obsessed with these kind of thinkings so yeah well the last question i'll ask is kind of on his direction of where we're going like are you excited about you know you've never uh, you're leaving you're going to granitos um you have like this mission you know not given by dwarves but another way for you to like kind of protect die in battle all this other stuff you know like doing a, a good cause you know it is it in service you know whether that's direct or indirect service of your god so are you like are you excited about this are you like gonna be like on the uh on the bow um of like the ship like leaning off you know like a like those movie yeah, scenes I think where the guy's like onward to to adventure definitely i think he's excited about it um he likes just kind of cool things and technology in general. So seeing the way a big center functions is kind of just cool. You know, like that small town, oh, I'm going to a big city kind of thing because he lives historically kind of in the outskirts or mm -hmm. rundown areas. Um, and then, yeah, heading east is good in general because that gets him closer to ormston eventually which is kind of in the mountains to the far east and also yeah just opportunities to potentially bust heads is always prevalent on the road so he probably has in the back of his head that he might get a couple chances to shine get that the monk that staff and them karate moves put them to use but uh yeah i, I th i'm excited i think uh you guys have a lot of internal you know a lot of things to consider as you guys are you know walking up to the ship to meet um i'll just kind of remind you so you are we um you know you guys are going up to to meet the uh i have the map with everybody's name let me just move to that so that i know 
Um, <clears throat> you're going to meet uh, Jolani McCran. McGran. McGran. Um, terrible name that I chose. Um, <clears throat> but she's kind of like the uh, one of the uh, this uh, like the the grain merchant guild representative that you're going to see. Um, and then you're going to um, meet her at the docks. And, uh, you know, and she's the one who's given you the quest and transporting you to Kranitos on, um, on a ship that she chartered. A grain, you know, traveling uh, uh, a ship. You know, they grain usually goes kind of one way. So the grain comes from... Um, well, I guess it, you know, grain is, it's, uh, different areas grow different grain. So, you know, it's kind of like a, they're shipping grain up and shipping grain down um, for these areas. And uh, that's kind of, she charged you on one of their grain transport um, ships. And so we will uh, see you guys next uh, adventure yeah. uh, when you meet up with uh, Girolani. All right. Perfect. Cool. Thanks, Bill, for the recap yeah. and the refresh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm excited. And remember sure to give you guys your your level six mm -hmm. um, and give yourselves the uh, yeah I'm excited to see what, what you guys can do with level six and you also all get you've got your your items um, and I think I yeah if you are confused or forget which ones they are I, yeah, I don't remember what I got I'll put up the uh, I'll put up the interlude video that has that stuff because I think oh perfect yeah we can listen to that. it again yeah yeah I think you get, yeah because you got you got something from from Derek yeah. If you got everybody got something from their thing, and then you also got to choose one from like the armory or whatever. Yeah, so yeah you got to choose an item, and you got an item from your during the interlude from your uh, patrons or whoever. Um, so hopefully, you guys remember which ones those are. Yeah. Um, that's it for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and head over to plusonetogaming.com for more live discussions, actual plays, character creation tips, and more. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time.